catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. In 2021, Yale's Institute for the Preservation of Cultural Heritage, IPCH, launched a new global outreach initiative, the Directors Forum. Its objective was to provide a trusted platform for leaders and entrepreneurs working in Africa's cultural sector to connect, learn, and collaborate as they build dynamic institutions in their communities. Their aim was also to empower a new generation of leaders around IPCH's vision. In 2023, the Yale Institute for the Preservation of Cultural Heritage, IPCH, launched a new initiative that supports museums and cultural institutions across Africa. The first cohort of this program are 17 fellows from 12 African countries. I'll be speaking to the Director of International Programs at Yale's IPCH, Charlotte Ashamon, in this episode about the unique opportunity the Director's Program offers cultural leaders in Africa to collaborate with global experts, receive executive coaching, and enhance their skills in preserving cultural heritage. So I have with me today Charlotte Ashamon. I don't know if that's how like the other name is being said. So I would also ask her to say her name properly so that we hear it from from her hi charlotte how are you doing today hi good afternoon anthony it's a pleasure to be here um no need to pronounce my name you did it perfectly oh wow that's beautiful okay starting on a high <laughs> tell us uh, a bit more about the new initiative being launched by the Yale Institute for the Preservation of Cultural Heritage and what it aims to achieve and what the goals are. So just a few weeks ago, my colleagues and I launched a new initiative called the Yale Directors Forum. It's the first of its kind fellowship program for executive leaders of cultural institutions from across the African continent. The first question I normally get is what is a cultural institution? We define cultural institutions quite broadly. They are organizations uh, which include museums, cultural centers, archives, libraries, or even collections, which showcase, preserve, and interpret culture, history, and heritage. We were excited about initiating this program for a couple of reasons. The first is the vast need we see. We see so many opportunities across Africa to enliven, grow, and bring more focus on culture and heritage. Um, but many institutions that are trying to do that are under-resourced and lack some of the professional development um, and training required to develop their institutions. The other reason why we're excited about this is because there's so many young people with an interest in culture and heritage. We have a program of 17 fellows who are all leaders of cultural institutions. Most of these leaders are under the age of 45 and are bringing their creative energy, talent, even from some other professions into the space. And they're thinking about ways that their institutions can engage young people. Because Africa's population is now the youngest in the world, and it's still becoming a young population. There's a lot of creative energy in this in this particular field that we're excited about. Mm -hmm. Why is it important to 
preserve the cultural heritage of Africa or Africans or assist in the preservation of our cultural heritage? Well, one of the most important needs we see is for people to learn and understand their history. Mm-hmm. And heritage is a vehicle through which people can understand about the past and also uh, use that knowledge to inform their decision making and the things they do in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's particularly important for Africa. Um, it's important for Africa because the history of colonialism in Africa has meant that our history has largely been marginalized, underappreciated, undervalued, and not treated with the focus, respect, and care that it deserves. I always use this example of how I grew up in Nigeria, and it wasn't until I left Nigeria in the 80s that I was able to enroll in a course on African history. Mm. And this was at a U.S.-based university. <laughs> it wasn't until last year that Nigeria finally approved or reapproved the, in- the inclusion of history into the national mm. school curriculum. So it is so important for people, whether in Nigeria or elsewhere, to have access and be able to learn and understand their own history in their own country. So aside from this particular need, what drove that, not a passion now, but that decision, you know, to say, you know what, let's do this with leaders in these institutions in Africa that, you know, help in the preservation of the culture. So my interest in this particular issue also stems from an experience I had working in a museum. Before I was appointed in this role at Yale University, I worked for the Smithsonian's Museum of African Art. And during that time, I had a very important exposure to museum practice in an American museum setting. The irony was that everything we were doing, from the artists we were acquiring into the collection to the exhibitions, was all focused on African culture and history. And I thought to myself, hmm, if this work can be done within an American museum, why isn't it being done on the continent of Africa? Why is it, as a proud African, that I usually have to travel outside of the continent to go to a major exhibition on mm-hmm. Bruce Onabrakpea mm-hmm. or Wangechi Mutu. Why can't I do that in Lagos and Nairobi? Um, And so that question and frustration is what I think drove me to think about designing a program or an initiative that could address the needs of African leaders and institutions and culture and heritage. So what impact do you hope that this initiative will have when, you know, maybe, I don't know how, how many years we've you know, set aside to say, oh, at this point, we would be able to gauge the amount of impact that's going to get. But what kind of impact are we looking at creating? And would we have, is there a design for this program to um, like, you know, do a review on the program to say after two years, three years, you know, this is the amount of impact that this um, program has generated for the continent? Thank you. That's a great question. So the program we've developed is an 18-month program. And in the span of that 18 months, our fellows are going to have opportunities to um, enroll in short learning sessions or courseworks. They'll have an opportunity to work with an executive coach. And they'll also be receiving advisory services and guidance 
on key technical and management issues within their institutions. By the end of 18 months, there are a few things we are expecting the program to do. The first is executive leaders, excuse me, of cultural institutions in Africa who can serve as peer mentors for each other and can provide and share knowledge and experience. The second expectation is that the program will help to develop uh, key skills in leadership and management amongst fellows. And the third thing that we're hoping the program will do is improve the capacity of institutions to care for collections that they house. So all the institutions in our program are institutions that hold collections or are planning to acquire collections of artworks, historical objects or historical materials like um, documents and papers. Um, and so we hope by the end of the program, there'll be increased capacity and knowledge within each institution to do that work effectively. I've looked at the list of the first cohort and I see that there is a spread. I, I see Kenyans, Rwandans, Zimbabweans, Nigerians. How were you able to decide which institutions to you know, select for this cohort? and the leaders also um, that were selected for this cohort? So we set about to identify leaders and institutions across a range of different countries in Africa. And we did this through our own research. We did this also through um, nominations that we received from people working in mm -hmm. this area. And then we established our criteria and the list of criteria, which I'll summarize very briefly, includes a focus on the leader and the person's um, objectives, vision, and desire to be a part of a community of practice. And the other objective, uh, which I referred to earlier, is an institution that has been in operation for a number of years that has a focus or an interest in developing its collections. Based on this criteria, we interviewed and we selected our first cohort of 17 leaders. Uh, we hope that as the program grows, that we can expand that number and attract um, new people to applying to the program. Um, we realize that covering the whole entire African con continent is no small feat. Mm -hmm. And we only feel that we've just begun, you know, with, with, with just 17, mm -hmm. but our need is much greater than that. Um, and so we hope over time to be in all 54 countries on the continent. Hmm. Okay. How does this initiative fit into Yale's broader engagement with Africa? And why exactly, you know, has you know, Yale decided to take this on? Well, to give you some context, Yale in 2013 established something called the Yale Africa Initiative. And... It was a strategic initiative to expand Yale's partnerships and relationships with African institutions. We decided as a program that we would focus on Africa because of Yale's Africa initiative and the commitment of the school and in particular the president to engage with Africa. We could have picked other regions of the world, but we decided that Africa, there was a need and there was also an interest and excitement in developing and deepening relationships on the African continent. Mm -hmm. And what would success look like to you when we're done with this? So success looks like a number of things, but the first dream I imagine is 
you know, the two artists I mentioned earlier, Bruce Onobrakpea and Mwangechi Mutu, mm-hmm. both have had museum exhibition shows in the United States in the past year. One of our dreams and hopes is that a show like that and an exhibition and experience like that could be held in Nairobi, Lagos, Dakar, Johannesburg, and be accessible to young people in Africa. So often our culture and heritage is not even accessible to us because of the history of colonialism and exploitation. And our hope is that we can build dynamic cultural institutions in cities and towns across the African continent that engage audiences, in particular young audiences, and expand people's knowledge of themselves, our communities, and our continent. Now, if we're talking about expanding this program and growing, you know, skilled, much more uh, skilled persons or practitioners in the culture and heritage um, sector, are there any broad plans or, you know, strategies that you have in mind to achieving this in the long term, especially when we're done with this particular um, cohort and we're looking at scaling this? Yes. One of the key areas our program is focused on is collections care and management. So that means helping institutions find ways to properly store, conserve and care for any work in their collection. This could be a painting, a sculpture, a textile, or even an object like somebody's typewriter. Mm. By the end of our program, our hope is that each institution or each country where uh, we have institutions with whom we're working, will have a skilled specialist who is trained and knowledgeable about this particular aspect of cultural heritage management. Okay, so if you're speaking to the global community now on how important it is to preserve and promote the cultural heritage on the continent, and how would you go about this? And if you also want to speak to uh, those who manage museums and cultural institutions here on the continent about how important their work, like the work they do, how important it is, you know, how would you go about that? So the first to the global community on, you know, the cultural heritage on the continent and the second speaking to um, those who manage um, institutions like this on the importance of the work that they do. Okay, thank you for this great question. So firstly, I'll start with the global community. I think one of the most significant populations um, in in at least Africa's global community is the African diaspora. Yeah. So um, these are, you know, immigrants from a country um, who are living in countries like the US, UK, or descendants of people of African descent. So African-Americans in the United States, Afro-Brazilians in Brazil. So my message to that community is find and engage with a cultural institution. Develop a relationship with one. Because through that relationship and engagement, you're able to learn about your history, which is still largely not taught. Mm. And you're able to support something that is so vital to our growth and development as, as people of African descent. The second group that I'd like to address are global tourists. As tourism grows, particularly tourism to Africa, it's so important for tourists to take an interest in visiting and learning um, about culture and heritage. So my hope is that global tourists 
will have more of an excitement and an eagerness to visit places like the Zinzu Foundation in Benin or Bookbunk in Kenya or the Javits Center at the University of Pretoria. And then lastly, you asked me to address leaders of museums and cultural institutions in Africa. And my message to them is be open and seek out partnerships, relationships with a range of supporters from donors who can give money to people who are excited in the content of your work as visitors and make those relationships broad. Thank you very much for splitting the first, uh, you know, the addressing two different groups, you know, the first one as a global tourist and, you know, the diaspora community. I, you know, that was, that's, that's really good. A couple of companies, so a couple of um, partners, international partners and um, groups and persons over the years though, but it may just seem like in the past few, three years or maybe, yeah, three years or so. We've had a little bit more attention in the tourism and, you know, the culture and heritage um, industry. How big do you think this industry can get and how much do you think it can contribute to the GDP, GNP or the general, you know, economic well-being of Africans? Well, I think linking culture and heritage to the tourism industry is very critical. And the reason is tourism is one of the fastest job creating sectors of any economy in the world. So the tourism industry is particularly critical for developing countries which are trying to create jobs, in particular new jobs. So linking culture and heritage to the overall tourism industry is important if we are addressing the challenge of job creation in Africa. So often, tourists who visit countries in Africa are not provided with a range of different tourism products that they can experience. And to diversify that range of tourism products, culture and heritage is very important. So this could mean developing a new festival, developing a heritage site, like an important historical monument for tourists to visit, all of those activities ensure that tourists have the opportunity to experience and spend more money in a country. So that's why culture and heritage is important to link to tourism and to consider the economic value of the sector. Mm, I like that the products, very important diversifying products line. Would you, during this program, um, will these leaders um, also be learning of how to integrate innovative solutions or you know uh, tech to either helping anything that has to do with you know helping them out for the work that they do i'm so glad you asked that question Anthony, because i know that's a big focus amongst your audience technology um technology yes is um a tool that leaders of cultural institutions in africa are thinking about how to best integrate into their work. How? Technology is being considered as a tool in digitizing important collections. And the reason is that many leaders believe that digitizing a collection will enable people to have broader access to it, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the collection just staying within the doors of a building Mm. um, in a very specific location. So as we're building capacity in collections care and management, 
we are also including a focus on ways institutions can begin digitizing their collections and making them more accessible online. Mm. Okay, okay, that's a that's a very good one, and this may be a touchy one. Will the capacity building this particular um, program also maybe address the issue of getting back artifacts that were taken out of the continent? We are not directly engaged in restitution, but the hope is that with strong cultural institutions on the continent, mm-hmm. they have capabilities and a range of different functions. That yes, we will be able to acquire more collections, including collections that were stolen or looted, and are now housed in Western museums. Um, I think one of the exciting parts about this work is seeing how innovative cultural institutions in Africa are, and how much the rest of the world can actually learn from us. Some of the institutions we work with have come up with very innovative strategies around ways to engage new local audiences or design exhibitions, and all of these are ways that I think Western museums can learn from African museums and cultural institutions. So, so often I get the question about, <laughs> you know, how. Western museums and cultural institutions can help African ones. We'd like to think in our program that there could be a way to have a broader, more equal exchange, whereby Western institutions learn from Africa and vice versa.、Mm, I like that approach. That's a knowledge exchange, value exchange too. If there are museums and cultural institutions that are not featured in this cohort, do they stand a chance to get involved and maybe collaborate with the IPCH? Yes, absolutely. There's several ways. The first thing I'd like everyone to do is please follow us on、um, social media. We are on Instagram and LinkedIn at Yale Directors Forum. It's Yale Directors Forum. So,、um, if you follow us, you'll be able to、uh, keep track of our news and updates, which will include updates on ways you can get involved in our work. We are not only going to be having、uh, public programs in different cities around the world, but we also will be announcing applications for our next cohort of fellows next year. So that's how everyone can stay in touch and stay engaged with our work. Beautiful. Now, as we wrap up in about a minute or less, you'd want to maybe say your final words. Any final words at all? Well, my final words is just an encouragement to everyone out there who is interested and excited in cultural institutions in Africa and ways to grow them is to get involved. A good starting point is following our work, but the second is. You know, adopting an institution, or you know, becoming an active community member in the life of an institution. It's not only personally enriching; it's so much fun to learn about culture and heritage, but it's also giving back in a significant way to your community and your country. Thank you very much for your time, and thank you for bringing this to our audience. And I look forward to what the next few months would look like. And I hope, I really hope that when those um, public um, events or programs that have been organized、um, across the cities of、um, the continent would hear about them, and you know, if possible, maybe cover them too, because it's really, really important. Thank you again, Charlotte Ashamu, for the time. Thank you so much, Anthony. I appreciate your questions and your time today. 
Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.